1: Welcome to IDP Nation. I am Daryl Winstead. I am joined by my co-host, Kyle Bellafuel. What's going on,
0: Kyle?
2: Hey, Daryl. Doing good. Uh, how you doing, my man? I'm feeling pretty good. I hear you're a little under the weather. Need a tissue yeah, li- or two. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah, a little, little under the weather. <laughs> it was uh, Woke up with a, a sinus infection today, so that was fantastic. So I apologize if I sound horrible right now.
1: No, nope, you sound the same. Okay. <laughs> no no those sinuses uh sinus allergies they suck man they really do yeah. so not great <laughs> no better you than me though so right <laughs>
0: we have a guest with us today yep yeah
1: how are you it's doing special. gentlemen what's going what's on jorge <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: i am i am thrilled to be here uh uh you know fellow fantasy and framer nate markham was on the show i believe a few months ago and uh he was just praising all of you guys and all uh, the, the work you do here. And uh, the second you said, Hey, would you like to be on the show immediately? I was like, Yes, can't wait.
1: Awesome. 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 Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks so, for joining us, man. Uh, you do a lot of stuff, fantasy and frames, um, all kinds of different You want to tell everybody what you're doing, where you're at, what you got coming up, all that good stuff?
0: Sure. Uh, so uh, I'm the creator of uh, fantasyandframes.com. You can head over to our Twitter page at Frames. I've uh, been doing this since 2017. Uh, was mostly redraft and IDP this year. Uh, we're picking up Dynasty as well. Uh, we we specialize both in you know Dynasty redraft IDP. Like I said, uh, we're also delving into fantasy baseball. We're focusing on uh, being your premier source for relief pitcher information. We got a great team over there, uh, but you know brought on a bunch of new writers. So we're going to have a lot of content coming your way. Uh, you know I, I love fantasy football. We love what we do. Uh, I really, really love IDP. I mean, I've been playing since 2013. Uh, in fact, there has not been a fantasy football league I've ever played in that did not have an IDP. So I don't know what it's like to not play in an IDP league. It's uh, so awesome. needless, so needless to say, um, when I found you know Nate Cheatham and the IDP guys, and then found you guys, I was like, yes, the community. I can find a I, I can find a community that can rally behind IDP. Uh, it, it is great learning about both sides of the ball. Look, uh, look for for me, and here's a selling point for those viewers who are trying to like, oh, should I, you know, dabble in IDP? Do you like catching touchdown passes? Yes. Cool. Do you like seeing a quarterback hit and brought down to the ground with ferocity? Yes. IDP is for you. So there you go. (laughs) Absolutely. That's awesome.
1: And that's
0: interesting because
1: I don't, it's rare that you find somebody that's never played fantasy football without IDP.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's I that's, mean that's everybody
1: awesome. everybody usually talk to they've started you know offensive only or something, but to just jump in IDP, that's I like that. Big points for you, man.
0: Thank you, man. It starts it started out as just a uh one IDP and then um I got into a league where it was all the offensive positions and then two defensive linemen, two linebackers, two defensive backs, and from there you know, the the eyes were open, and next thing you know, we're breaking it down by quarterback and safety and edge rusher and defensive lineman and interior lineman. Uh, I mean, the combinations and so forth are just amazing, uh, and the different platforms that are out there that support IDP. Uh, it's, it's fantastic, and it's, it's a great community to be a part of. It is. I mean,
1: a lot of people want to call it a niche group, but, man, this like you said, this community is so close. We reach out and help each other. I mean, jumping off onto each other's shows and stuff. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of other ones, you don't you don't see that in some of the other uh, subs or whatever, genres or whatever you want to call it, a fantasy. But uh, IDP, man, everybody's helping everybody. That, whether we agree or disagree, we're always glad to help each other out and bring each other on, good stuff like that. So yeah, man. Got anything new you're working on as far as upcoming or?
0: So uh, right now, like I said, we uh, brought on a bunch of new writers to help handle some of the Dynasty content. My role at Fantasy and Frames as we've been growing, uh, normally I do in-season, a lot of the in-season work like the, the starts and sits articles for the week. But I got to be honest with you, my role has kind of shifted uh, as I, you know, Fantasy and Frames has been growing. And so I'm kind of more of the behind the scenes person, so to speak. The way the way I view it is, I'd rather let the people who write for me or do podcasts for me. I want them to get the exposure because they're the ones putting in the hard work and helping Fantasy and Frames become something bigger and and something that people can go to as a trusted resource. Um, I'd rather put them out on the pedestal than take any of the credit for myself. So I kind of I feel at home behind the scenes, uh, if you know, in terms of coming up with creative directions for football specifically. Uh, so it's it's fun for me doing this. Do I miss you know getting out and doing uh, articles? Yes, maybe that'll change in the, the fall. Uh, we do have a podcast called Fourth in Frames, uh, which is our one of our fantasy football podcasts that we put out each week. Me and Teddy Ricketson, uh, we do keep that going. And then we're starting a brand new fantasy football co- podcast called The Four Eyed Basics, uh, where it's basically two average Joes who play fantasy football, who know a little bit about stats about fantasy football, and talk to your average player who doesn't want to get overwhelmed with average depth of target and tackle rate and yards after catch per reception. They just want to talk football. They want to talk about fantasy, why it's fun, and maybe teach you a few things along the way. Well, that uh, so, is awesome. So uh, cool. Ken and uh, Scott are going to be doing that for us. Uh, so that's coming up pretty soon. And so just just a lot of producing. Long-winded answer to get to what you were asking me about. Just a lot of producing behind the scenes. No, man, that's a, long-wind
1: answers is what we like, man. We yeah. like people that's doing multiple things and, and, you know, got their hands in all the cookie jars, so to speak. Uh, I, f- I find it fascinating that people like to do the behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, I, t- I talked to Nate and, and now hearing you do that. I just, other than this podcast, you know, I don't do a lot of hot behind the scenes. I'm writing and ranking Kyle too. I mean, we're writing, ranking, uh, you know, scouting and stuff like that. So it, it's just always kind of intriguing to hear those behind the scene guys. Makes me want to call you boss man, like Nate. <laughs> I give him a hard time calling you the boss man. Uh,
0: you know, Nate Cheatham is a great guy. He actually let me write uh, for IDP guys. Did the injury report a couple seasons? Uh, what was it, 2019 did the injury report. And uh, they oh, brought nice. me on for a podcast and uh, can't say enough of good things about you know, Nate and everybody who's over at IDP guys. Great, great bunch of guys.
1: Yep. Well, you're welcome here anytime with me and Kyle. Uh, you know, Thank you. I may fire Kyle oh. 50 more times before it's over. So I might be meeting <laughs> a new co-host. So you never
0: know. I'm, I'm always open to possibilities. There we go. <laughs>
1: you, are you hurting Kyle? You better stick your game You better right. to stick your game up.
0: By the way, I like I like the the change of title of the podcast episode to twinning because oh, right man, now I, can, I just came uh, with you too. Yeah. Kyle and I are twinning hardcore right now, so it's yeah. yes, impressive. they are. Glasses,
2: so, the yeah. color shirts.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even notice it, but, and they mentioned it before we started recording. So if you're watching our if you watch our YouTube uh, coming out this week of this episode, I can't unsee it. It's almost a perfect match. <laughs> Same color shirts, the black rim glasses. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It's it, almost it, like two cows, and I can't—I can't even stand one
0: Kyle. we <laughs> We're coming nice. for you, Daryl. We're nice. just getting started. Uh, man. You, before you know it, you'll have your own pair of glasses that you'll be rocking with us. And uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I
1: yeah. know I've had a couple already, but geez, if I'm seeing twins already, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. bad. Very nice. Uh, oh man. Uh, so nice. um, yeah, let's just get into it. Uh, lots going on. Um, Jorge, we've done free agency for the past two weeks seems like, uh, or like maybe three weeks, but ever since it opened up, even a week before, ever it's just been balls to the wall with trades and, and players being re-signed, tags and all this stuff, and it's, you know, while most of your big names are gone it's kind of not slowed down, so, uh, you know, like uh mm. since our last episode here, um, I don't know what my page is doing here. Um, Kyle, go ahead. My page is loading for some reason.
2: Okay. When I hit into the news and notes. Um, yeah. Hit the news and notes, man. Yeah. First thing on the ticket here is the, uh, the NFL expanding, um, to a 17 game schedule. Um, definitely, uh, a, a big news ticket there. Um, what, what, uh, what do you guys think about that? The extra game, obviously as uh fantasy football managers and players, uh, you know, more football the better, but, uh, right for the player standpoint. Um, yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I'll, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a player and I'm worried about making the most money I can in terms of securing my financial future, because we all know in football contracts aren't guaranteed. The only thing that's guaranteed is the guaranteed money. Um, you know, if I'm negotiating that, and this is a physical sport, people, you know, play it for a few years, the shelf life for a lot of these players is not a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of what goes into, I'm assuming, for their contract negotiations is based off of the number of games that they're playing. And so now they're getting, you know, they're they're getting paid this amount of money for not the same amount of games that they negotiated their contracts for. I can understand why they might be upset about that. I also understand the other side of the coin where they're like, "Oh, you guys are millionaires, just suck it up and play." I'm like, you know what? You, you suck it up and play. Come over here and you tell me. You go through the grind. Right. And do you tell me if the million dollars is worth it for you or, you know, could you even h- handle a tackle, let alone uh, playing a whole 16 games or 17 games? Uh, look, Kyle, you said it best. I'm excited for it, obviously, from an IDP perspective, from a famous football perspective. Right. Give, me, give me all the football you can because, you know what, we're all in starvation mode, you know, after the Super Bowl. We're looking yeah. for anything football-related we can talk about. You know, that being said, um, I would not be shocked if you're going to see a lot of our big-name stars in football in the NFL – kind of do a whole you know, sitting pattern of like holding out or trying to get more money out of this because of this extra game. And I can't really say that I blame them, to be honest with you.
2: No, yeah, it's uh, absolutely right. And I've already but seen
1: from the fantasy side, I've already seen uh, fantasy managers kind of complaining about where to move the fantasy playoffs. Do you extend your season? I've seen some of those arguments. What are they going to do? It looks like they're going to keep just the one bye week. Um, which is going to be rough. You're, you, you know, I would kind of like to see them expand the rosters if they're going to do this because uh, you're, you're cutting out some of these preseason games, so why not expand the rosters even if it's just a handful of spots? I think that makes sense. But fantasy impact, I like it. Like you said, the more I can get, the more I love it, the more I want. So <laughs> I like it. I, I think eventually it may be down the road, but I, I think eventually we get to 18 games.
0: The way it's going, right? Yeah. yeah. As long as they're paying the dollar for it, they're going to keep making uh, and making adjustments. You, you brought up a good point, though, Hollywood. Um, What are your thoughts on the, the fantasy playoffs? Should it be now 15, 16, 17, or should it be now the, the final week is a two-week thing? I, I guess I'm curious about both your thoughts, you and Kyle. You
1: know, I, I really hadn't seen it till the other day when somebody in one of the leagues that I'm in, they were kind of before this was official, and they were kind of bouncing, you know, if it's two weeks, you know, what what are we doing? You should push it out because it's not fair if there's a late bye week, you know, because fantasy is so much different from the NFL. You know, if it's a late bye week, it's probably hitting in that early teen area, which is either your playoff push or the beginning of your playoffs, Um, and they were raising the stink over it. I'm cool with it. I mean, I've not changed my leagues just yet because, like I said, I found out today. Um, I'll probably just run it by my league mates and see what they want to do. You know, I'm kind of all for it because we do 13 games. Um, So, you know, to get an extra game. Right. You know, uh, I'm not hating it. and And I'm, you know, I'm not hating it or I'm not saying, you know, we have to do it. But, for me, I
2: I can go either way. It's, it's, as long as it's set up fair, I'm okay with
0: it. Right. That makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. I'm on the same, uh, same line there. Um, Most of my leagues are set up the same way, uh, 13 weeks. And then um, the Super Bowl is week 16 or championship. Um, So, you know, I guess the first thought is just shifted a week and have, you know, 14 weeks regular season, but I'm sure there'll be some, some discussion and some, uh, some polls to be voted on in in the many leagues on what, but like Jorge said, that you could do a two week championship too as well, or yeah, lots of my, different options.
1: One concern that I kind of want to see is the leagues that I'm that I run. I've always stayed away from that week seventeen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just because of teams having locks resting players. Now I want to see if that continues. You know, if you're, I don't know, thirteen and or twelve and three, and you've got a three game lead, are you going to instead of taking a one game, you know, week seventeen layoff, are you going to take a week seventeen and eighteen week? Are you going to rest them kind of for two weeks now? Are you going to split? Right. You know, are yeah. you going to rest uh, Tyreek Hill one week and then rest uh, Travis Kelsey the next, or you know, I. That does give me a little pause, a little concern because I want to see how that works. But um, because you never know with these teams, you don't know what their mindset is or what they're going to do. I think for now, for me and my leagues, I'm probably going to hold where I'm at and not change the schedule till I can see that. Because I think to change it and then have to go back, I think that just causes a little bit much. So I'll bring it up to my league mates, but I think, you know, I'll be like, hey, we don't really know yet how they're going to use. That extra week, so Mm -hmm. I would err on the side of caution and stay where you're at and see, and then adjust next year.
0: That that what you just boom right there. I totally agree with what you just said. Yeah, Um, because you you know they're going to be playing 16. You don't know right 17 or 18. So it's um yeah yep. And
1: I think it's the teams that are really way ahead. You know, Kansas City, New England for all those years when they had three, four game leads on everybody going into that final week. Well, you know, are they going to, especially if you're going to beat up, are they going to use it as a two week get ready for the playoffs or are they still going to do the one week ready thing? That's just kind of my thoughts on it. Other than that, once I see kind of how teams do it, I'm
0: good to go. So, yep, yeah, that's a, that's it. a smart way to go about it, man. Yeah, um, I, I agree.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people's different on that, but I was just curious to your all's thoughts. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how this happens. How do we get a Green Bay Packer right off the top? Uh, uh, you you put it in there. Uh, don't you dare blame you. you move this around, Kyle. Uh, but they re-signed Tyler Lancaster to a one-year deal. I know you're high on him, Kyle. Um, um, pretty good yeah. signing or re-signing for your Packers?
2: Yeah, I mean it's just uh you know he's a key rotational player with Dean Lowry and uh, Kingsley Kiki along the you know on the front. By no means is he a um, <clears throat> IDP-relevant player because stats-wise, he doesn't really put up big numbers. Um, but, yeah, as far as for the actual Green Bay defense, um, solid re-signing, bring him back. You know what he is. He does his job, does what he's asked. And, um, yeah, it's definitely definitely a smart move by Green Bay. But not, not the biggest IDP uh, um, signing by any means. <laughs> he's not going to put up too many points.
0: Well, you know, they, they need some sort of stability on that defensive mm-hmm. line. Uh, so I think this brings that familiarity back for Green Bay, just from like a real football defensive yep. perspective. Um, it, it's it's kind of crazy, like, you know, the three players you just mentioned, you know, Lancaster and the other two. Uh, it's like the defensive tackles are just like rotating in and out, but you got the two, you got Smith, and you got, uh, you got the Smith brothers on the outside you know, yep. doing their thing. Um, those are seem to be the, the staples of this pass rush for Green Bay, so you know it's whatever combination in the middle you can put together, uh, great, <laughs> yeah. and just let the other two guys on the outside yep. do their thing. Yep. Uh, and I think you know what you just said about the familiarity, you know, Tyler Lancaster, bringing him back. I think that just helps yep. keep the keep the machines going, putting the cog back into place, and just keep it going as it has been.
2: And he's kind of young too, Andy Kyle. Um, he's been there a few minutes. He's not. Yeah. He's been there a few years. Um, Okay. Let me see here. Uh, I'll
1: tell you you somebody else that I think is a, this is a huge, like I said, we're kind of straying here. This is how we do Jorge. We kind of stray. (laughs) Uh, I think we, I think a person that I'm really looking at that a lot of people like coming out a few years ago, each year they're like, well, this is the year, this is year." I think this is the year for Rashawn Gary. I, I Michigan. Think, yeah, huge year for him right here. I think he you could see him actually just boom this year. So, uh, Preston Smith, I, I kind of have a down year. Zadarius, yeah. he's the stud, so I can actually see that swapping now with. Rashawn Gary taking over that role, being that stud. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I miss here. But I just – I don't know. I got that feeling. A lot of times I go with my gut. I got a feeling here. My gut's never let me down, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just got a feeling this is his year. It almost feels right. You know what I mean? He's yeah. People have kind of retched for him the last few years, hyped him up, and now that it's kind of died back down, it just feels like this could be the time.
0: It needs to be, right? First-round pedigree? like eventually, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You kind of have to show what you got, and uh, it, it's a little telling that despite how bad Preston played last year, <clears throat> comparatively for IDP purposes, that Gary wasn't available enough to kind of take control of that position. Maybe it was just he hasn't got a firm grasp of the defense yet, or I I, I have you know your guess is as good as mine as to so the reason why that's happening. Um, but if there this is his year, he needs to do it this yeah. year. So it's gonna it's we'll see.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I'm, I'm a Rashawn Gary fan just because last year he uh, – I think he took it more serious from everything I read in the preseason. He, he came in in great shape and worked really hard and, you know, was constantly in the coach's year asking for things to work on. And his his play – he definitely took a step forward in year two, but, you know, definitely there's – you know, like you said Jorge, there's more – we expect more in year three here, being that first-round pedigree. Um, and, you know – Preston Smith was just okay last year. Um, Right. If if that state if he continues that kind of play, then Rashawn Gary's going to have to step up a little bit more. Even you know,
0: or they may even just have to put him in there just because they need to see what they got in it.
2: Yeah. Right. And they're gonna. I think they're gonna find ways to mix the three of them in together. They did last year. Um. You know, it's figure out figure out what kind of scheme they want to run this year with the new defense coordinator and work them all in there and get some pressure. You know. Yep. Totally.
1: Yeah, I think they got to. I mean, you, you've always got to see what you've got in your young guys. Yeah. Even if yeah. they've not lived up to the potential, there comes a time you have to see. And with Perez yeah. and Smith being a little older, almost on the backside of his career, you have to see what you're having, Gary. So, yeah, I agree with both of you, and I just think that it just feels right with him. So, uh, hopefully I'm correct on that. Um, Dallas Cowboys, this was something I saw today. Um Kind of piqued my interest. I think somebody asked a question about it. They ask about Alden Smith and his value. Um, and before I seen this, uh, apparently Mike McCarthy says, you know, they could potentially bring him back. Uh, but before I seen this, my response to the question was, well, they don't have a whole lot else outside of Demarcus Lawrence, or you know, if you really want to go to it, Randy Gregory. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of options. You know, they tried um Everson Griffin, that didn't quite work out. Um you know, they've got some young guys that really didn't work out. So I think if the deal's cheap enough, they almost have to bring him back. Um as far as a fantasy value, I don't know that I'm I'm touching him. I know it was uh, last year he had that breakout beginning, you know, he was a comeback player of the year candidate for sure. Uh had some good st- Games or whatever, but uh, I, th- I, th- I think I'm kind of avoiding him as a fantasy manager, yeah.
0: No, you're right. Um, that being said, look, when he was paired with Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, these guys were kind of uh, when you look at their stats side by side for Dallas, at least, I mean, Lawrence had 43, excuse me, 34 solos, Smith had 31, Lawrence had 11 QB hits, Smith had 14. I mean, it, it's almost like um. You know, I, I thought when Smith came on the team and when it was going to free up one of those two, it's going to free up, right? The, the defenses were going to focus on one uh, edge rusher and free up the other one. But right. it's almost like they basically fed off of each other, where the defenses or the defensive coordinator was not showcasing one edge rusher over the other. He was just like using them in tandem, which great for keeping them fresh, right? Not great <laughs> for my fantasy roster when I want one of them to go <laughs> off and not the other one, right?
2: No, absolutely. And I think the thing was, is like, you know, he had five years off the of football and then he came out of the gate so strong. Everybody was just like, wow. Right. Like he's back because he had some great years with San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like he was just a fantastic pass rusher, just a nightmare off the edge. So like right away, it was like even more glowing that he was doing so well because, you know, five years off football, who would have thought? You know, I never would have thought you'd see that. But um, yeah, he, slow, he slowed down. Um, as the year went on, um, like Corey said and Daryl said, um, yeah, I mean, if you can get him late in drafts, well, why not? But, um,
0: yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't reach for him, I guess. Exactly.
2: You know? I totally agree. I wouldn't reach for him if he falls to his, in a, in an area that you like, sure. But yeah, I, I totally agree there. Um, I wouldn't reach for him either.
1: Yeah. And unlike you, after five years, I never expected him to come back. Um, mm, right. that's just crazy. But Jorge, you kind of mentioned the name there. Demarcus Lawrence, Um, man, how far from the top has he fallen? You know, I almost, I think he's a a sell for me. You know, if you can get anything
0: for him, I think now's the time you got to get out. So uh, I I think his production, in fact, I, I can pretty well recall when his production tapered off before he got the contract. After yep. he got the contract, <laughs> yep. uh, and I'm I'm not exaggerating; those numbers no. have gone, yeah, down, yeah. Uh, you I'm know, missing, he missing he down. he,
1: he kind of even tried to blackmail him or threaten him with the the surgery, the injury. I think it was a shoulder or something. Yeah, shoulder. Because uh, me and Dan talked about it. You know, it's it's funny. He didn't get his contract, and he's like, well, you know, I may just take this time and get the surgery and kind of heal up and get ready and. Then they kind of, you know, here you go, paid him, and right. you said it. That whole time frame right there, that whole time frame, that's right. that's the point. Before then, awesome. After then, zilch. Uh, I think no, he, he's still got a big enough name you can get something for him, and he still does yeah. good enough. So, you know, for me, I'm selling if I can.
0: Yeah, I I, I, I agree with you. There are two names that... Um, uh, in terms of defensive linemen slash edge rushers, I am selling as best as possible. One is Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, another one is not on Dallas, but Cameron Jordan. I'm kind of off the Cameron Jordan hype train. We can we can get into yeah. that later if you if you want. But, yeah, we can. Um, speaking about Dallas, though, look, um, he he needed somebody to help free him up, and he and he he had that with Alden Smith last year. Now, did he take advantage of the opportunity? I don't think. I don't think he did, or I don't think maybe he's just that, that good enough anymore. Um, I, I will tell you this, whether how they bring back Alden Smith is going to be interesting because look, they have a majority of their money tied up on offense and three players, you know, yeah. they need to draft defense. They need to go and get free agents for this defense. I mean, uh, but they got to do it on the cheap because that's the only way this defense is going to, you know, come back together and gel cohesively for me. I think the, the strong part of this this defense for Dallas is the linebacking core and the safeties, to be honest with you. I feel like from an IDP perspective, these guys are, um, these are, these are the people that you want. And just from like a real football perspective, like these are going to be the people to keep you in games. You know, Donovan Wilson came out of nowhere last year at the safety position. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. They bring in Keanu Neal, but now you're seeing reports Mm -hmm. that he's playing weak side uh, linebacker um, and you, or he's going to be doing a combination of safety and weak side. I mean, This is the heart of the IDP focus for the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it with Keanu Neal. You know, Mike McCarthy said, hey, he's working with, he's going to start working with the linebacker group. That tells me Sean Lee is officially done. He's been done for a while, but I think that kind of seals the deal. Um, I don't know that I'm hating that, or, you know, I don't think I'm hating that for Neal because I think that playing along LVE and Jalen Smith, I think that's a pretty good move for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely and with him moving to weak side you know, that gives him that coverage ability uh and he has that experience playing in, in the defensive backfield exactly uh, and you have you know van der Esch there uh what's really interesting is what they're going to be doing with jalen smith like I, it's crazy to me that like you hear all this talk last year of. Uh, Jalen Smith sucks Jalen Smith sucks and I guess I was just I was just looking at it from a fantasy perspective I'm like what are you talking about this guy is <laughs> this guy is a fantasy uh stud here yeah. uh, Right but uh one of the things I read today was that they may be moving him to being more of a you know run stopper or like a pass rusher kind of role that you had the Alden Smith do a little bit um which I think is great for him because I I thought a couple seasons ago he was the epitome of what I like to call a IDP fantasy uh, Swiss Army knife. Uh, this guy could do everything from like getting wow. the sacks to getting the tackles. I mean, he was sideline the sideline, and then something just went horrifically wrong last year uh, <laughs> in wow. the complete opposite direction. And I'm hoping with uh, them bringing back in or with them bringing in uh, Dan Quinn to shore up that defense that, uh, you know, his career trajectory takes a, takes a turn for the better.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I agree
2: with you, man. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. It'll be interesting to see how the off season kind of transpires with that whole linebacker unit with Keanu Neal in the mix. And like you said, with Jalen Smith's role may be changing a bit because he can't rush. um, And I think, I think a lot of that kind of depends on LVE
1: staying healthy too. Yes. You know, yes. with his mm. neck and stuff. I mean, it's almost like they're, Sean Lee's been so good for so long and then he had the injuries, they get LVE and now he's kind of having injuries. It's like a yeah. Groundhog Day for them at that position almost. Uh, I, but I like it. If you got all three of them on the field and are healthy Jalen Smith, LVE, Keanu Neal, that's. That's pretty intimidating because that's three different style of linebackers playing three different spots on our, you know, three different linebacking positions. Man, that's right. a lot of options you can work with, you know?
0: Isn't it kind of interesting and, and I, there's no relevance in, in fantasy for this, for this comment I'm about to make, but <laughs> you, look, you look at the two linebacker, middle linebackers for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, the past seven years, Sean Lee, injuries just happen to find they find him like they're, right. they're on the field they <laughs> pop up boom i got you sean we found you again this year and now <laughs> sure and now you're seeing something similar with van Der Esch, whether it was the neck injury that Damn. derailed him for a whole season or remember last week in week one he got injured he had like a broken bone in his neck i think he yeah. had like a yeah. broken neck yeah. uh, yet he managed to come back i mean interesting that this middle linebacking position is like kind of cursed in a way no, like I said, no relevance in fantasy or anything I just find that very odd No, I, I, I'm with yeah. you I believe in that same
1: stuff and believe it or not I kind of look at that stuff from my fantasy teams You know, I mean it, It's kind of something you You have to factor that stuff in I mean, when right. players are getting Which I know any player is injury prone or whatever But when they kind of reoccur like that it, it makes you think I mean, it, it does, it makes you think That's um, Awesome stuff, man Um, Houston Texans they restructured the contract to Zach Cunningham, no big deal to him. I think he's there till 2024, I think, but it created another $5.63 million in cap space that they're not going to know what the hell they're going to do with. And I'm (laughs) loving it. Um, they can have all the money they want, just like Sucksonville. And hey, just just throw your money down the toilet. That's you know, that's I love it so. Just a cap move there. Um, New York Giants, they signed defensive talent called Danny Shelton to a one-year deal. I kind of like this for them. It's a cheap deal. Big guy, can stop the run, especially after they lost uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, I think they had a role or a need to fill, a spot to fill. I don't think he's as good as Tomlinson by any means, uh, but I do think it was a quality signing to at least Maybe band-aid the position, so to speak.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, it's,
0: yeah. But I'm sorry, Kyle.
2: Oh no, to say that uh, I totally agree. Filling that that need for a guy in the middle to eat up blockers and keep Blake Martinez free. Uh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I I, I always like Dalvin Thomas, I think he's a little more IDP relevant. And he, I think he's a little better player than Shelton. But a good good move for that defense. It's just making a lot of moves too. You know, just and, bring him. Play, yeah. Bring. Him, go ahead, Horia.
0: No, I was gonna say uh sorry for interrupting. No um Go ahead. You, uh Hollywood, you said it best a cheap deal. I mean, this guy yeah. has has an injury history. He, I don't think he's played a full 16 at least in a couple of years, if memory serves me correctly. Uh and and Kyle, like you said freeing up, you know, the outside guys, whether it's a Blake Martinez trying to get uh to the running backs, or you know, their new their new signer, their new guy, Leonard Williams, freeing him up yeah. to mm-hmm. do stuff off of the edge as well. I Truth be told, I I I forget which podcast I was on, but I was talking about Leonard Williams. Whether I bought the hype last year from him from a fantasy standpoint, and I didn't. If he left New York, because I thought he in New York got the volume that you wanted your fantasy your IDP star to have. I didn't think he was as consistent enough as a fantasy point producer. Uh, If he left to go to a different situation where that team had a functional offense. You know he's not going to be on the field as much. I think he was he was a product of him being on the field as much as they as much as he was. It's going to be interesting now. They sign him to this big deal. You know the offense gets an upgrade with Kenny Galladay. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, What does that mean for Daniel Jones? I don't know. We'll find out, right? Uh, Saquon Barkley back. Like we don't know what this offense is going to look like when it's assembled. Um, On on paper it looks good, but if it looks good and it performs well. Does that hurt Leonard Williams? Is he, you know, that's going to be something I'm going to be looking at personally very closely. Is he a product of volume or does he actually have what it takes to be that next uh, DL1 or, you know, be in that DL1 uh, discussion?
1: And that's two great points there. Uh, Getting back to Williams, uh, the volume thing, you know, I'm kind of with you on that, but there's all, you know, does the offense being good or better and on the field hurt him? It kind of hurts his volume. I get you, right. but there's also, th- all if I could speak here, if there's also something to be said for how many years did we see it in Indianapolis? You're playing with a lead, and those defensive ends, that defensive front can pin their ears back and just right. go freaking get it. And I think if they, I think that could be beneficial to Williams. I'm with you. I didn't see the big breakout going to the Giants. I really didn't. I thought maybe he would increase, you know, just to change his scenery and revitalize his career a little bit. I kind of thought there would be a boost there. But I did not see the, I think it was 11 sacks that he had this year. I just right. did not see that. I thought we'd see more back in the 7-9 to nine range at most. Um, and, he, you know, he, 11 sacks tag worked out a big deal. Worked out for him. Worked out for the Giants. Um Then you kind of, oh, oh, back to the one-year deals we were talking about. This is how my brain works, or how you have to forgive me. Uh, I'm the same way. I'm sorry, I put you through the loop. My bad. (laughs) I can see it in Kyle's face. He's like, "Oh shit!" Uh, You know these one-year deals. I kind of like, and here's why: because it's almost like COVID has. Kicked everything and everybody and everything we love music, sport. You know, it's it's hurt our home life, our work life, it, everything. It's almost like it's killed us. But you know what? Hmm. I like it for fantasy football, and I'll tell you why because, well, NFL too, in a way, because this salary cap has bottomed. They cut what basically 17, 18 million off the cap. Teams are struggling to get below the cap. It has turned the NFL up on its ear a little bit because it's forcing teams to make moves that they would never make before. Never. Right. Because you got the cap room. You're you're not gonna do this. You're not cutting him, you know? Right. So it's forcing them to make moves and forcing them to sign players that they normally wouldn't sign or go after. But here's the kicker. It's only one year because you know this thing next year is gonna bounce right back. Even right. with the TV contracts, and that's what these players are banking on. That's, you know, hey, I'll bet on myself for a year. You know, I'll sign this this deal for a year because I know next year in 2022, I'm fixing to get freaking paid big time. Right. Um, I just like it because it shakes every it's, – it's almost like you're in a dynasty league for 15 years and you know your team inside and out, and then all of a sudden the commissioner says, all right, shh shakes it all up and then you that's basically the same thing and i i kind of love it because of the uncertainty
0: i you said it right there for redraft i think uh people can navigate those minds pretty well just avoid certain players if they're concerned about something for this year for dynasty managers it has to be driving them crazy these yeah, trying to assess value you know uh, rookie pick value has to be something that they're taking consideration and it's not so much, um, well, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's something that they're taking consideration. And uh, depending on who's the player, whether it's on offense or defense, like is, this is uh, this is a thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. my, that's my professional analysis. This is a thing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it, it, it's a curveball that we just didn't see coming. And, and I kind of like those things, you know, while they kind of suck and you have to, like you said, kind of have to roll with it and adjust on the fly, I kind of like those things every once in a while because there is a – I think you can be I don't want to say perfect but you can be too too dialed into your teams and know what they're needing and you know what's going on you can kind of forecast ahead with contracts and this that and the other but this curveball man we didn't see it coming and I I kind of think it's a good thing. I kind of, you know, the shakeup kind of good there. Um here's one I really wanted to get to Arizona Cardinals signs safety Sean Williams and Malcolm Butler to a one-year deal. Love the deal for Butler uh, you know, for them. But the Sean Williams, I almost didn't see it. I seen it when I wrote it down and it didn't hit me. And I was like, Sean Williams? And I had to, it didn't hit me that it was the Bengals' Sean Williams. It just didn't hit me. And I was like, oh, shoot. And I'm loving this. This is a dirt ass cheap deal for them. We're just, what, maybe two seasons removed from him being a top 15 safety. Cincinnati had two top 15 safeties Williams, Jesse Bates. They signed, you know, Bates' rookie, and they signed Von Bell, and that killed Sean Williams. I don't know how he fell out of favor or what happened, but when they signed Von Bell, that was Katie bar the door for him. Um, I, I, I don't know what happened. I think maybe once he moves on, we'll hear more from this, but Williams is a quality safety. I mean he's more of an in the box beat you up physical safety but I like this for Arizona it's a freaking dirt cheap deal I'm assuming um put him next to Buda Baker oh, man
0: I mean you look at you look at the what they've done on like defense. everybody likes to look on offense what they're doing oh AJ Green's there but look JJ Watt you know even if he's the half a player he was in Houston right? he's still he's a viable starter uh you mentioned uh You know, Williams, um, it sucks that uh, he, you know, when Von Bell came to town, you thought we were going to get three safeties on a defense for the first time in forever that were all fantasy viable, and he just became a special teamer, basically. You know, and now he goes to – Arizona. And who's this competition? Charles Washington. I have no idea who Charles Washington is. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, and, and no disrespect to Charles Washington, watch him have a great fantasy year and make me eat my words. But, <laughs> but you know, for right now, like, I feel like even, um, you know, being an older player uh, referring to Williams, that is, uh, this is still a great position and I'm right there with you, like in an in the box kind of guy. And, and, and it's, it's so, it's so interesting to me. Like, he could play up at the box could be that kind of like run stopper run stopper excuse me uh and then you got a guy like uh Isaiah 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 Williams who coming off of his rookie season he had that one great um game against uh Seattle but he he's played all over the field he can play in coverage he can play at linebacker like there's so many um so many options on this defense now to just get after the passer passer or to play in coverage i'm actually uh pretty Happy from an IDP perspective, the most though with Malcolm Butler. I mean, this guy was leading, oh, God, yeah. leading the Titans in tackles last year. I think a hundred and something. Uh, I want to say he was 100. our
1: best damn defensive player last year, and it wasn't even close.
0: Right. Right. So that, that those tackle opportunities, it makes me wonder a little bit about whether or not uh, him being there hurts Buddha. Uh, you know, from a passes defense standpoint or an ID, interception standpoint. But, um, but I mean, come on, it's Buda Baker, right? <laughs> you, you're, yeah. not gonna, you're not going to fade Buda Baker, but it's, it's, no. uh, it is interesting that there is going to be some competition for, for stats. Um, you know, you look at another team in this division, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. You know, one of the things I said during the middle of the season was, look, uh, I'm watching how Bobby Wagner is getting his tackles when Jamal Adams isn't in the lineup, and then when Jamal Adams is in the lineup – uh, those tackles aren't coming as you know, frequently as they had been just because I think Adams was in the backfield on every play before Bobby Wagner can get there. So there is something to be said, I think for putting a lot of playmakers on a defense and thinking that every single player can still retain its fantasy value. Um, that being said, I'm not fading Bobby Wagner and redraft, you know, nor should anybody nope. else. And you're not fading Buda Baker in redraft or dynasty uh, because of this competition. Um like and, and it goes back to what you're saying. Uh let's say, for example, uh back to what you're saying about the one-year deals. Let's say, for example, this Malcolm Butler deal for one year, it hurts Buddha Baker's fantasy value like tremendously, and everybody's freaking out. Like, oh my God, what do I do? Do I try and capitalize on name value for Buddha? Yes, send it my send it my way. Him oh, my way. Yeah, please uh, do. <laughs> because after that a- after that year and Malcolm Butler's gone, they're not gonna just bring somebody in who has that same upside. Like that's hard to find. Like he's right. an elite athlete for a reason. Um, unless they resign him to a larger deal, then that's, that's, that's a different conversation. Um, But it it can definitely fool these one year contracts can definitely fool somebody into thinking that a player is on the decline when really they just had an off year. And then after this one year, it's going to be back to normal.
1: Right. And to kind of touch on Bobby Wagner, I think normally I would kind of, before all this happened before the cap dropped, all these one year deals, I think I would have kind of faded him just a little bit because he is getting older right. The miles, you know, the mileage on the tires, but with them not bringing KJ right back, mm-hmm. I think that boosts his value back up. So
2: yeah. I,
1: I think that kind of helps him there. Um Man, good stuff, Jorge. Love it, man.
0: Yeah. That's, good. that's, you ask, and, you ask, and I come prepared. Whatever you guys need.
1: <laughs> I love it, man. You're, you're hitting on some stuff that I just wasn't thinking of, and you're you're making perfect sense here. Yeah. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. They re-signed Daniel Sorensen. Great move for them, I think. It's a one-year deal. They also signed Jeron Reed, who was cut earlier this week by the Seahawks. They signed him to a one-year deal, seven million. Um. Love made sense that they're going to sign Sorensen back. Uh, you know, they have the honey badger back there. They have Juan Thornhill, who I don't I don't know what the deal is with Thornhill, why he's not made a bigger push as a starter, whatever, but Sorensen played his ass off for him last year. Um, so I think that was a good move for them. Did not see them signing Jerron Reed, but man, I love it. You're gonna have Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and Jerron Reed, and I forget. Uh, Terrell Horton or Derek Nandi up there up front as that fourth guy, but I saw it somewhere and I wish I could remember who said it uh, that they could see Chris Jones and Jerron Reed playing those two tackle spots on the early downs and then on the, on the money down, you know, pass rushing downs, Chris Jones kicking out to defensive end with Frank Clark because they got rid of... Uh, Tasson, well, they didn't get rid of him. He's on somewhere. Tassin Payongo or whatever his name was. I'm not
0: going to try to pronounce yeah, it. I know I, I know I yeah, no, I, yeah, I
2: know. I know. Yeah, I
1: know you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I know I butchered that. But, man, that makes sense. I mean, if you can move Chris Jones around to win matchup advantages, that's
2: freaking huge. Freaking huge. He's, he's a beast. And bring John <laughs> Reed. That's a – I still think John Reed's a talented player. I know he's been up, oh, yeah. and down, up and down in Seattle. But, I mean, that's a good get for that uh, – For that defensive front, and Sorensen re-signing with Kansas City, I think is good for his IDP value because of the way they use him. I'm not so sure if he would have went elsewhere if he would have, you know, if he'd be relevant like he was last year. Um, But good, you know, like we were talking about earlier with uh, Tyler Lancaster for Green Bay, just a good, you know, solid signing to bring back. Just a guy who knows the system and uh, could put him right back to what he was doing.
1: Yeah, I feel like Sorensen's so underrated too.
0: Right. Well, you, you, look, you, you look at his solo to assisted ratio. I mean, he puts up a lot of solo tackles. Uh, at least he has been when Honey Badger has been there. Um, I think he led the team in total tackles this year, I think, for Kansas City. So uh, it, it makes sense, this one-year deal. I mean, um, it seems like they have a good tandem for IDP purposes in that backfield. for in that yeah. uh, secondary, excuse me. Yeah, Yep. for sure, for sure.
1: Um, Miami Dolphins, they've... <laughs> And they've been movers and shakers for the last two years. Um, but they re-signed linebacker Landon Roberts to a one-year deal. I think they kind of want him for that familiarity, that kind of yeah. leadership role. Um, I like that for them. I'm sure it didn't cost them very much. Um, so I like that for them. Got any thoughts on him? Or
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he hurt himself, I want to say, in week 16 or 15. Uh, For the season, I put him on IR, so um, he is further down the depth chart, you know, at at the linebacking position. But I think you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, He comes back healthy. He's a good, you know, rotational player. If need be, he brings that depth. Um, You know, it's it's. But look, let's not kid ourselves. It's Jerome Baker and Bernardrick McKinney who are going to be the the guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, everyone's talking and, uh, about Van and- Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yep. Uh, he, he, I mean, sh- sure, we'll we'll see, right? But <laughs> he, 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 I I don't, I don't want to Chris like Bill Parcells. I, I don't want to like get the christening oil out a little too early without having to see what he can do on the field. Um, but the opportunity is there for him. Uh, I just don't see Landon Roberts, uh, Landon Roberts, excuse me, cracking this starting lineup. Uh, but it, you know, who knows,
2: right? Yeah, I definitely think he's just more of a depth guy. He's had a few splash weeks here and there, but, um, yeah, he's more of a depth guy, familiar with the system. So.
1: Yeah. And I I think he will have a few games where he shines just because he's, you know, familiar with the system and a pretty good player, but I think he will have those spots that he'll shine. Here's one that was interesting to me. Free agent safety. Tony Jefferson loved him when he was playing for Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Um, such a good safety but he's attempting a comeback and I saw today that in 2 to 3 weeks he has a visit set up with San Francisco that if he's healthy and in shape I know he was kind of out of you know hurt or whatever and set out but if he's 80% of what he was I think San Francisco has to sign him that's a big get for them he's a tone setter he's a he has that aggressive let me lead you. Let me show you how to do this. Physicality. I'll bust you and don't care. Attitude. You know, I love that in a safety.
0: So, with them signing uh, uh, Jaquiski Tart recently, do you think this Jefferson signing, if it does go to, you know, happen, do you see them splitting time, or do you think it's going to be a, it's like a to be like a camp competition type of deal? Whether it's going to be I, tart- you know, I,
1: I kind of think it's a competition deal. Because I gotta imagine, you know, you never know how players are gonna come back from an injury or whatever.
0: Right.
1: And this is just my opinion. I gotta think if Jefferson, like us, if he's, I think if Jefferson is eighty percent of what he used to be right. a couple of years ago, and that was a damn good safety.
0: Yeah. If he's
1: eighty percent, I think he beats out Tar easily.
0: He's a truck I, stick, you know?
1: Yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. And I think you kind of got to have that on your team. You need that type of player on your team. Right. Um, not that Tart is bad, but...
0: Inj- injuries have played a part in his career right, a, little too, right. a little bit too much, and and Jefferson does bring that consistency. That's I, mean, I just I
1: think if Jefferson is close to what he used to be, I right. think he wins that easily. I think it's a competition, and maybe that pushes Tart to another level. I don't know um, if it's me. I would kind of. I think I would bet on on Jefferson myself.
2: Yeah, it'd be yeah. nice to see him come back healthy too. Yeah, you
0: know? right. yeah, but but now go ahead, Jorge. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to piggyback off what you guys just said, like the health being a factor, of him coming back. Uh, you know, going back to his time in Baltimore. I mean, he was a solid. Uh, DB two for you, uh, you know, the strong safety position, you know, everyone, everyone loves targeting strong safeties because, you know, nowadays they're, at, they're, at, they're crowding the line of scrimmage, but he was doing it too in coverage as well, even though he was strong safety. So he has that uh, dual capability of being just an overall great safety, but I'm with you, the the tone setting nature of the hard hitting action that he brings brings that mentality to that secondary that I think Everyone is concerned with the 49ers' front line uh, pass rush. They're concerned with the uh, linebacking core with Warner and Greenlaw now, uh, but you don't really care too much about that secondary too much. And I think right. uh, he, I think you're I think you're you hit the nail right on the head. Tony Jefferson would bring that uh, that mentality uh, and that physicality that they 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 need. Yeah, yeah.
1: completely yeah. agree with you. Um, staying in the NFC West. Seattle, they re-signed Carlos Dunlap to a one-year deal. Um, I thought them getting him last year in the second half of the season was huge. I mean, they were just desperate for a pass rush, and I think he had uh, five sacks in the last seven, eight games or whatever it was there down the stretch. I think that was a huge boost to them. Um, I think it was important for them to re-sign him because they, of course, getting rid of Jaron Reed. Um, You know, you don't have a lot of else at the pass rushing position. Um, Daryl Taylor was hurt, who I still like. I think it's going to be a good pass rusher for them, but you need that veteran presence, and I think he gives you that, and I think he's really good. He showed that last year. Like I said, I think it was five sacks in seven games, maybe eight, but anyway, he was their best pass rusher outside of Jamal Adams down the stretch. Um, Getting him in there for a full year – I think that could be very, very beneficial for them. Love that re-sign for them.
0: And look, look how they're pairing them up now. You know, you have the the recent signing of Kerry Hyder Jr. Oh, December. I love that. Uh, you bring the familiarity for Dumlap being there a yep. year. You bring the the up and coming play t- playmaking potential of Hyder Jr. You got Jamal Adams coming into that backfield at safety. You have still Wagner there. Um, you know, there's some IDP there's some IDP players to be looked at in the Pacific Northwest.
2: There is. Absolutely there is. I think it's uh it's it's a really good good uh re signing by Seattle to pair him with Hyder, like you guys said. Um Seattle's been hurting for pass rush for, for a while. And uh those are two guys that that, you know, last year played both of them played very well. So well, yeah, you know, Dunlop did when he got to Seattle and in Cincinnati he was ready to Ready to get out of there. So, right. <laughs> and Hatter's so underrated. If y'all
1: remember 2000, oh, don't hold me to this date. 15? No, Kyle. <laughs> no, nobody's <laughs> listening to you. 2015. Anyway, when he played for Detroit,
2: right? Yeah.
1: Yep. He was a defensive tackle. They kicked him out to defensive end. I think it was his first or second year in the league. And he had eight sacks right off the bat. So he showed then that he was a pass rush presence. And then for whatever reason he disappeared and he goes to San Francisco a few years later, last year.
0: Right.
1: He was one of their best pass rushers. Um, very underrated player. I like that for him. Yeah, um, absolutely. And in our last news and note, don't know how I feel about this. I know he was a kind of a fancy darling. Philadelphia Eagles resign Alex, or <laughs> Alex. Philadelphia Eagles re-signed linebacker Alex Singleton to a one-year deal. Um, man, they've just been a mess at linebacker. I know they've got Davion Taylor, uh, TJ Edwards and some guys, but Singleton really stepped up last year and was one of their better players, uh, especially at that position. Um, kind of tells me that they're saying, you know what, you're doing good, but we want to see you do it again. Mm-hmm. And him kind of saying, you know what, I've done good, and I'm betting on myself that I can do it again. Uh, so I kind of think it works out for both of them, him and the Eagles. Um, you think he takes a bigger step forward this year? Kind of the same What are your expectations for him with Philadelphia?
0: Kyle, what oh, do you man? think?
2: Okay, oh. um, yeah, you know, Nate Gary wasn't cutting
0: it. He sure wasn't.
2: To put it nicely, uh, he wasn't cutting it. And when Singleton got out there, you could just see a, the difference he made for the defense. He brought a little more energy, and he, he played, you know, he played downhill up by the line. You know, he was more aggressive, and uh, he ended up with, like, 120 tackles, if I don't remember, if I remember right, um, or something like that. Um 120? Yep, okay. Um, and I believe they had yep. him on an exclusive rights um, mm-hmm. tag. So, you know, yep. once they, well, I believe in that situation, once you, you tender them or tag them, you bring them back, they, they can't then negotiate. So you get them for that year. So it makes a lot of sense because he was, you know, such a nice uh, find for them last year and stepped in and uh, now they can, you know, they have solid options. If TJ Edwards can come back, they know what Alex Singleton brings. If young guys like Davion Taylor can take a step forward, um, you know, maybe they draft a guy early day two or something in, in this draft, but, um, like we'd say with some other players, a like good familiarity for them, he knows the system. He he was solid for him last year. Uh, makes makes a lot of sense, you know. Kind of, yeah, light, kind of.
0: I was a big TJ Edwards fan. It's Not him. that he has the same last name as me. There's no little bias <laughs> there. Um, Not at all. But you know, typically I like looking at middle linebackers. You know, uh, for being those run stuffers, run stoppers. Um, but you hit the nail on the head. And, you know, Nate Gary. Uh, from a real football perspective, he he wasn't cutting it. There's a reason why he only played four games or seven games or whatever it was. Um, you know, in Singleton he came in and he played his ass off. Uh, yeah, you know, he yeah, did. Just, just quite frankly, uh, I love the prove it deal uh, this year. But you know, then he, he, you know, he, here's here's something to consider: Is Philadelphia going to be that much better on offense? I I don't see it. To be honest with you. Um, I, I I, I I don't know if they're going to be that much better. I think they may be a step. It depends on how they address the offensive line, to be honest with you. I don't know. I, I think they will be. If they can get that offensive line
1: together, I think they will be better just because Jalen Hurts will have more confidence mm. than what Wentz had. Last, Wentz, he was shot. Right. I mean, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, criticize him or praise him, whatever you want to do. He was just his confidence was shot last year. Uh so just having Hertz who come in and played well down the stretch, had some big games, I think he kind of builds on that. So if they can get that offensive line together, I think they will be a little better offensively.
0: So then that got, begs the question. Is this a, is this, is Singleton's production a matter of the fact that he was on the field so much because the offense was so bad in Philly. And if this offense gets better what does that mean? Maybe maybe that's why they give him the one-year deal, too. Maybe they have high maybe. high expectations on offense and they want to see if he can do it in a limited capacity. Mm. Good point. 120
1: tackles. I think that's... I mean, we're IDP. We're stat-based podcast. This is what we're focusing on. 120 tackles. I'll take the under. I don't think he gets there again. With that said, you give me 100, I'll take the over. Right. So I think he's in between those two, which is not a huge drop off. Now, my question would be how many impact plays does he give you? You know, sacks, interceptions, you know, forced fumbles, pass deflections, stuff like that. Um, And I think that's kind of what you got to look at because the tackles are relatively going to be there. It's, I think for me, it's going to be where is he at with the impact plays? Um, Because that's he's going to have to have those to make up some of those tackle numbers. You know, even with what I said, with Hertz being better than Wentz, and maybe that offense being a little better, I think they still have a lot of issues, and I don't know overall that that team's going to be much better than it was last year. Mm -hmm. Because they have so many deficiency at wide receiver right now, they gotta fix that. That's a good
2: point. Yeah, definitely a good point.
1: Um man, whew, that does it for the news and notes. See, I, I told you we get carried away here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I love it.
1: This show sheet's just a guide. We just yeah. <laughs> we we put it down and run with it. Um take a minute here. We want to thank one of our sponsors, myfantasyleague.com. Uh they help out with uh, the IDP invitational. Uh, they sponsor our listener league IDP Nation to Listener League. Uh, they do a lot of good things they're so helpful customer service is great every time I've had an issue or a question they've answered me almost immediately if not it's 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 been pretty quick uh, I know a lot of people think they're a little high on their price but you know what you get what you pay for and sometimes that's a good thing you know um so you know they've always been good to us they've helped us out so that's where I play basically 80% of my leagues, uh, if not more. I just think they're fully customizable. They give you the most options. Um, and they're always looking at new stuff that they can add. So uh, really love them. Want to thank them for supporting us, and we uh, support them as much as we can. Um, actually, 24-7 Sports is another um, sponsor of ours. You know, they're doing all kinds of things right now with the tournament. Baseball season starting up. They got stuff with that. Soccer, basketball. um, You know, go check out Actually, 24-7. They're just as good as the big boys, and I'm not even going to mention their names. I've been on their site. It's crisp. It's clean. It's easy to use. They even have a free section where you can win money and prizes there. Um, You know, make your initial deposit use our promo code hollywood100 and they will match up to 100 bucks you know if you put in 100 they're going to give you 100 um, they have a referral refer a friend program which i think is uh, attached to my twitter page that's an extra 30 bucks you know so you know you deposit 100 and use that code in our promo code you're getting 130 with your 100 dollar deposit so go check them out they do a lot of good things uh, locally owned for Tennesseans, by Tennesseans, um, go check them out. Um, one more piece of news here. For those of you that are listening, and I'm piggybacking off of our sponsors here, we do have a few costs that we have to cover, cover with recording, you know, our equipment, stuff like that. We are making a transition from Podbean because right now that's where we're running everything through. But we're going to be transitioning starting next week. So this is the last episode that you will be able to hear off of Podbean. Next week we are going to Anchor. Uh, Dan uh, got with me this past week. We've got all that set up. So going forward after this week's episode, we will be on Anchor. It's much better. It's more a cost-effective move for us. Um, same great quality, you know. I'm still there, you know, star of the show. I may or may not bring Kyle with me.
2: I was I'm just going like, to ask if I was coming with.
1: You know, I've not decided yet because I'm liking what Jorge's bringing to the show. Here. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm liking it, so I don't know. Kyle. I'm going to have to think this week. I really am. Okay. Uh, but all jokes aside, just go check us out on on Anchor now. Um, just a little something we're doing, you know. To, you know, it's COVID, so you know, money's tight with everything. So, but even besides that, it's it's much better. It's more easy for us to use and set up stuff. So, we're going to switch from Podbean to Anchor. Um, I like more of the features they have for the podcasters, uh, as far as stats and analytics and stuff like that. More of a breakdown. So, plus it's cheaper, which is a win-win for us. Um, so I just wanted to alert everybody this will be the last episode on Podbean. And then next starting next week we will be on Anchor. Whew. Damn Kyle I'm tired <laughs> of just talking, man.
0: You did an excellent job, buddy. And Anchor's a great platform. We use that too. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, well, we started on you know back four years ago, me and Dan started, we didn't know nothing, and we hooked up on Podbean, and it's been good to us and they have good stuff, but uh You know, we found anchor with our sister podcast, the DVIDP IDP Grind, which is college-based, and uh, it just made sense to make the move. And it's getting to the point where it's renewal time. You know, you got to renew. You know, your fees or whatever. And he's like, you know what? Let's just make the move. And I was like, you know, that makes sense. So now's the time. This will be our last week, and we'll catch you on Anchor next week. Cool.
0: Shoo! I'm tired. That was, a, that was a lot. You
1: handled that pretty well. Hey. Well, thank you, Jorge. I appreciate that.
0: See, Kyle, sucking up to the boss never goes. It's right. never a bad thing. Okay. I got I to gotta start. I gotta take and they knowledge. said
1: brown nosing would get you nowhere. <laughs> Damn. Kyle about to, or uh, Jorge about to walk you into a new position.
2: <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Hey, be you better be
1: taking notes. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I, I give Kyle a hard time. But uh, I love Kyle sometimes. But
2: uh, <laughs> anyway, good stuff.
1: I said sometimes. Damn. I know.
2: I know you said sometimes. That counts, I know. Kind of. Yeah, I'll take that. It. Counts. Take that, counts.
0: that counts. That counts.
1: Okay, so on to our main event. Um, our top remaining free agents. Um, who we like left on the board the impact they could have, maybe where they could go, um, all that good stuff. Um, and Jorge, since you're our guest, I'm going to let you go first. Um, okay. We always let our guests go first. so uh,
0: um, I, think I appreciate it. You're that. up on the board. <laughs> I'll
1: get in you your way, just elbowing, kicking something, pushing him out <laughs> of the way. Uh,
0: that's okay. Kyle and I we're, we're uh, twinning right now. So twinning,
1: man. Yeah.
0: No need to do that, but uh, it's good to know that the option is there if I need to. Um... <laughs> I
1: can't with this twinning, dude. Uh, you said that <laughs> earlier, and I have not unseen that yet. Not good,
2: good try, Dale. But you're not turning Jorge against me.
0: <laughs> <We're twinning. laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, the number eight uh, total, the uh, number eight uh, linebacker, as well as defensive player overall and total tackles last year. Uh, with 134, 91 solo to 43 assists, six tackles for a a loss or TFLs, and the four quarterback hits. I'm going for Neville Hewitt. Look, Neville Hewitt reminds me of DeMario Davis. DeMario Davis, when he left New York, or excuse me, he was a Jet, and his last year as a Jet, he put up ridiculous numbers, and people in New York were like, oh, well, we're not going to pay. It's a one-hit wonder. He's just a flash in the pan. And he they let him go. He tested free agency. He signed with New Orleans. Guess what? He's still a hashtag tackle machine. He can still do his thing. Yes. He's a playmaker. fine. It's like they're making it's like the Jets are making the same mistake again because Neville Hewitt last year had a great solo to assist ratio. He played his butt off this year. a high tackle volume, a, a volume tackler, another hashtag tackle machine. I don't understand why he has not been snatched up by some team. Maybe he's asking for too much. Maybe, other teams just don't know any better. Maybe there's something we just don't know. Um, but I still think wherever he lands, uh, he has starting potential and can get you those fantasy points that you need and in in a high volume of them, especially from the solo tackle department.
2: Yeah, super reliable too, right? I mean, right. And he, he stepped up big time for that Jets defense with C.J. Mosley holding out and Blake Cashman's hurt. Like He's just struggled with injury and, uh, you know, it's just – Hewitt was just a mainstay, and he's just a tackle machine for, for us IDP managers, man. Uh, I'm curious why he's still sitting there. You know, you think somebody right. would bring him in, you know, just uh, a nice, solid, stable option. Um, yeah, it's right. definitely, definitely a name to keep an eye on here. I uh, like
0: the call. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and, and it's just so funny because, you know, another name that uh, is on my list here, and he's also a New York Jet or at least he was in New York jet was Brian Poole cornerback. Yep. Now normally cornerbacks are like the bastard children of IDP. <laughs> like they don't get, they don't get enough love. Right. Unless, you know, unless you're playing in an IDP setting that favors the uh, passes defense and sure. interceptions more so than the other. But uh, you know, let's just say we're using fantasy pros scoring. I mean, he was averaging a 9.8 fantasy points per game. He only played, in nine games last year due to injury, but he had a great solo to assist uh, tackle ratio. He got to the football. He has a nose for the football, whether it was interceptions or forced fumbles or whatnot. Uh, And he's, he's there. He's there on the cheap, you know, me being a Washington fan, I understand there are two spots that are glaring need for us corner and free safety. Uh, I would have loved to have him next to Fuller uh, in the secondary at corner. Um, I I think he is, he is an, underrated talent that people are just ignoring because of uh, injury history. If he's on your dynasty waiver wire, I would pick him up and stash him because wherever he lands, I think he has the the talent um, to really uh, help you. Now, granted, again, like I said, this depends on whether or not your league settings allow for cornerbacks to get more points for interceptions and for passes defense and so on and so forth. Uh, But I think Brian Poole, and Neville Hewitt are both two uh, former Jets that I think are really uh undervalued and, and they should be on fantasy rosters, uh especially dynasty rosters. And uh I have no doubt wherever they end up, they're gonna contribute.
2: I like both those calls. Definitely uh definitely solid. And I I agree, man. Uh if they're if they're sitting there, if Poole would probably be the one that'd be sitting on the, right. the waiver wire more likely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, grab them and stash them, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I love Brian Poole. I think he's so underrated. Um, Mm -hmm. He can kind of play all four positions in the secondary. Free safety, strong safety, corner, slot corner if you need him to. Can blitz, um, does good in coverage, good tackler. So just such an underrated player. I like him. Neville Hewitt, I'm with Kyle. I don't think he's – of the two, I think he's probably one rostered the most just because corners kind of get streamed or whatever, or because of the generic position leagues. But if you're starting a corner, not a better cheap option than that. I mean, uh,
0: absolutely. Um, should I keep going down my list of, uh, sure. Go right ahead. Yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one is a linebacker. And I noticed during our pre, uh, show notes here that, uh, that uh, Hollywood, you and I have uh, a similar take on him.
2: Uh, Tyrell, <laughs>
0: Tyrell Adams, this guy kind of came out of nowhere last year, right? With 125 total tackles. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, uh, he, he's definitely a thumper. Um, I I had no idea he was going to be a free agent this year. I thought he was going to be there at least another year in Houston. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they make the trade, obviously Houston with Miami um, for linebacker, and so. Tyrell Adams. Do I think he's a flash in the pan? I, I again, he's he's these guys who play on bad offenses are always going to get me thinking. Are you a product of the game script or are you a product of your actual talent? Right. Um, I I see him, you know. and I think you you had put in the notes he's visiting with the Bills uh, yeah. currently. That's a good team. Yeah. Um, that kind of concerns me from a game script perspective. Uh, if he was going to go to like a, a, a worse team or a poor, poor performing team, I think I'd be a little bit more happy with the volume he'd be receiving. Um, as, in case you haven't caught the the gist here, I'm a big volume person when it comes to. No, no, that, that's, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I would
1: I would kind of suggest though, but him going to Buffalo and not to cut you off. I'm so sorry. No, go for it. Go uh, for it. You know, you, you have your concerns going to Buffalo, cutting into his volume. I would I would counter that with Buffalo is as we all know Green Bay, Buffalo, one of the more defensive scoring friendly teams. They like to hand those tackles out. So I can kind of see that being, I almost want to say a push in a way. Do you see it the same way?
0: Um no, that's a very good point. Um and, and let's be honest, uh well, this is just my take here. I, I am not sold on Tremaine Edmonds being Somebody that I can count on year in and year out as an LB one. Hot take,
1: yeah. hot take from Jorge. I like look, it. I,
0: I, I get Damn. it. He he's he's a he's an impressive player, but he, uh, you know, I'm going on you know Pro Football Reference trying to look at the different uh, no, tackles And you
1: know, it's funny that you said that because my instant thought with us talking here was we're talking about Adams, but my bigger concern was how does this hurt the value of Edmonds?
0: Right, so Edmonds he had 119 total tackles, uh, 77 to 42. Um, it, it's like you're trading one player for the other, but at the end of the day, you know Tyrell Adams outperformed Edmonds last year. I'd have to go back and look at Edmonds' previous seasons of stats to see how he's. You know, he, look, he's a first round pick. He he has that pedigree. You know, there are very few linebackers that can can dominate. I just don't think he, he's dominated enough to warrant this, you know, godly reverence that he gets, you know, to be honest with you. I get you. Um, I'm not saying that that's not possible, um, right. but it, it all depends on what Adams is really looking for and what the Bills are really looking for. If they're looking for Adams to be a depth piece, well, then that sucks for us for fantasy, right? right. But if he if he goes to a team that needs him to be a starter, I'm, I'm all in on the Tyrell Adams bandwagon. Um, me too, I, and
1: let and let me hit you with this. Yeah. Adams, he's going to, but if he goes to Buffalo, big if he's just visiting, we don't know.
0: Right.
1: You know he's not. This wouldn't be. What am I? Oh, help me, Kyle. My words are jumbling up here. Going to Buffalo with Edmonds wouldn't be a big deal for him, in my opinion. Because look what he did last year in Houston, and yeah. guess who he was next to? Right, Zach Cunningham, who was what third in the league in tackles, second in the league in tackles. Right. So, and he still got his. So going to Buffalo, playing next to Edmonds, for me that's not a big deal. I think if he gets a chance to start, he's st- he's still going to get his. I think it hurts Edmonds more than it, than it uh, hurts Adams. I just. Mm. This is interesting to me. It really is because, like you said, is he a one-year wonder? Is it because Houston was just so terribly bad? Um, I think those are factors. Um, are well, you Buff- buying or selling Adams right now? Either one of these.
2: Well, Buffalo did resign Matt Milano and paid him pretty decently, so oh, that's him. true. That's true. Um, but you need three
1: linebackers, right? No, mm-hmm. I
2: was going to say they do. You know.
1: So buy or sell on on Adams right now?
2: In Buffalo or just in general?
1: We'll say he goes to Buffalo. Let's say he goes to Buffalo. You buying or selling?
2: I'm selling if he goes to Buffalo. I, I'd still, I still, I'm a, I'm a known uh, Tremaine Edmonds fan. Um, no, I agree. I, 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 I agree with what Jorge said. He hasn't quite taken that big leap that everybody's been waiting for, and he's just so young, and he's just right. this big, big athletic. Physically imposing linebacker. But I think a lot of
1: people thought he would be the next Roquan, Devin White, Devin right. Bush.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 He's, he's been solid since he's come to the league. And I, I'm a big fan of him. I, I liked, uh, I liked to come into college, but he hasn't quite taken that huge step that we keep waiting for. It hasn't happened yet. But um, I think. If if Adams goes to Buffalo, it'll be tough for him to be very relevant with Edmonds and Milano there.
0: So you're selling. What about you, Jorge? Yeah, if he's in Buffalo, I'm selling. Let's let's think about also like the teams he was playing. Uh, you know, six games out of the regular season. You know, in the AFC South. Look who he's playing: Jonathan Taylor, a run heavy. Indianapolis Colts team that gives you opportunities for tackles. Uh, two games against the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry running King up the King Henry, guy. get it right. Excuse King me, Henry. excuse me, excuse me, sorry. There there about who I was spotting with. There yes, King, King Henry. Do uh, you see his workouts lately with the armband uh, and the push-up and the chain scary. around his neck?
1: That dude is insane, man. Dude is nuts. He is um, insane.
0: Um, but look, like racking up tackle opportunities there. Jacksonville, James Robinson, racking up tackle opportunities there. What kind of tackle opportunities is he getting against opponents in the division uh, in uh, the AFC East? If he goes to Buffalo, like I don't even know who the running back for the jets is currently. Uh, we never know who the running back is going to be for new England. And they spent all this money on tight ends and Nelson yeah. Aguilar. It makes you wonder if they're going to stretch the field a little bit more. Plus got Edelman coming back, you go to Miami, like, okay, there's, there's miles Gaskin. If they keep him as the starter, if they draft somebody else, uh, well, then that that that's the running game right there. So you have maybe one team with a running back and a running game that can give you tackle upside versus you had three different players in the AFC South. Uh, I, I just don't see it. I, I'm selling if he goes to Buffalo. If he goes to a, a linebacker needy team that needs him to be the man, then I'm all on board.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's a great great points made there. Okay, so.
1: If he goes to Buffalo, are you buying or selling Adams? Or er, not Adams. I'm sorry, Edmonds.
0: <laughs> That's the question, right? Uh, yeah. I, I personally yeah. don't have any shares of Tremaine Edmonds, so I'm going to take the easy way out and say I don't have to worry about that. But if I'm, if I'm, the, <laughs> if I'm the fantasy manager and I have Edmonds and um, – if I'm the fantasy – if I'm the dynasty manager and I have Edmonds and Tyrell Adams signs – I think I'm a little bit. I'm not. I'm not as concerned, and it goes back to what you, your point was about. He was able to coexist with Zach Cunningham, and they both got their high tackle numbers there. Um, fine, but uh, I, I would feel more comfortable if he was someplace else. That being said, for Edmonds, in terms of whether I would sell him, I, like at this point, I, I know what I got with Edmonds. He's a he's a solid LB one, LB two, um, you know. Okay. That's what I. That's that's who I'm expecting, and and it would have to be like the the second coming of uh, Devin White in Buffalo for me to be scared of getting rid of uh, Tremaine Edmonds. So I'd I'd keep Edmonds.
2: (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm, I'm totally on board. I'm keeping Edmonds as well.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I, I think you have to, with what you have invested, probably where you drafted him at. You know he's, I don't. He's not been a bust. He's kind of lived up to his value. So, um, are you, as a fantasy manager, are you a little concerned? Eh, maybe, but I don't think it's enough to push you off of him because um, I think he's a good IDP asset. So, um, I think I'm holding him too.
0: Yeah, like, and don't be wrong. Like, I'm saying all these things about you know negatively about Tremaine Edmonds but uh, he's still one of the you know he's he's in a great opportunity yeah. you know, you, you, you know, let's look at it like this using fantasy pros uh, IDP scoring he averaged last year eleven point two fantasy points per game Tyrell Adams averaged also eleven point two fantasy points per game so there these guys go. are kind of like the same one A and one B. Mm-hmm. And so if they if they can coexist then you got yourself a linebacker in tandem uh, that one you can get uh, a lot cheaper than the other. People are going to be going after uh, Tremaine Edmonds because of name value, yeah. uh, just like they were going after Cunningham for name value, right. um, versus uh, Tyrell Adams. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 fine with Edmonds if T- Adams goes there. But if Adams goes there, I I understand the whole coexisting thing I just brought right. up and you had mentioned earlier. But I would feel more comfortable if he went someplace else. Right. And I love these conversations. I
1: love, you know, why you you're not a big Edmonds fan. Uh these are questions that our listeners are, you know, they're having these same thoughts, these same questions. You know, they're talking with their league mates, you know, what do you think here? So this is exactly what they want to know right here. This is good stuff. Um what was next? Um did you get through your last one?
0: No. Uh so my last one is uh and I think um I forget who we have in common. Uh, I think, uh, to, 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 well, it doesn't matter. Eric Wilson. <laughs> uh, Eric Wilson, linebacker formerly of the Minnesota Vikings. Like I, I I call them. So, Nate Markham, who's been on your show, uh, he's mm-hmm. one of our IDP uh, analysts over at fantasyandframes.com. Love
1: Nate.
0: Uh, no, Nate's a great guy. He's fantastic. Um, you know, one of the things we said about uh, these guys in Minnesota, the linebacking core last year, is the Eric Brothers. Like if it wasn't Eric Kendricks, you know, making plays in IDP, yeah. it was it was Eric Wilson. And yep. he, you know, a fun fact, you know, according to PFF, you know, when uh, Eric Wilson is targeted in the passing game, he actually causes the quarterback to have a very low uh, NFL passer rating. So believe it or not, he's actually pretty decent in coverage. And so one of the places I have been petitioning him to be signed by, and go figure, because I'm biased, is the Washington <laughs> Football Team. Because I look I look on one hand, you got Cole Holcomb, who's an up-and-coming player in IDP, who's yep. really good against the pass. Um, and on the flip side, you have you know an Eric Wilson who could also be very good against the pass. I mean, he is he is a perfect fit for Washington. And I'm gonna use my voodoo magic because back in February I was saying fit's magic to DC. And then it actually happened and I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> did I just do this? Where, where's my voodoo doll? Okay. I want to, I want to do the same thing for Eric Wilson because I think he would be perfect in Washington in this linebacking core again, makes you kind of concerned as far as why uh, he hasn't been getting that contract sewn up just yet. Maybe he'll be like one of those one year deal guys. Um, I don't know, but I think he has the playmaking potential to definitely be rostered or, or at least, you know, um, uh, Try to acquire him for like a late. Uh, I would say a, mm, I think he's worth a late first, but I would not. I would not give up a late first. I, I would sec I would say uh, probably a high second round pick in your rookie drafts for Eric Wilson, mid to high. I'll put it like that, mid to high, uh, for his services because I think he really has that potential to pay dividends. I mean, eight passes defensed, nine tackles for a loss, sixty-two hundred and uh, 22, uh, 22, excuse me, total tackles last year. Just, uh, just a great IDP asset.
2: Yeah. He had a big
1: year. Yeah, he did. Absolutely.
2: Whew. Um, Kyle, you're up. I'm gonna let you go. All right, buddy. Um, my first guy I have is KJ, right? Um, I mean, he's, uh, he's been just rock solid in Seattle. Um, He's getting up there in age, but he still showed last year that he's, you know, he's still got some juice left in the tank. Um, Doesn't appear there – he said he's not taking a hometown discount to come back to Seattle, right? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, there's a good veteran linebacker that's still available for somebody. Um, Always been a big KJ Wright fan. Um, Yeah. Yeah, somebody's going to get a really good player. Um, I'll just go through them quick here. Another one I had, um, Avery Williamson. You know he went uh, made the move to Pittsburgh last mm-hmm. year, and uh, man, he stepped up for them big. At the, he had some really big weeks to finish the season. Um, I've always been an Avery Williamson fan. Daryl, you know Avery Williamson. He was yeah, a tight. I do. I do know him well. Uh, he got he, he had injuries there. I think did he had an ACL. I believe it was. I think um, so. Yes. Yeah, but he came back this year and and showed he still got it, and he was he played really well for Pittsburgh down the stretch. Um, another linebacker I had here is uh, Devondre Campbell. Um, he had that big year with Atlanta two years ago. He had like 129 tackles, I think it was. Um, it's a real big year, and then he took a one year, one year kind of prove it deal with with Arizona, and uh, um, he had 99 tackles this year, seven tackles for loss, and two sacks. So I mean, he had a pretty solid year. Um, the snaps kind of were all over at the you know towards the end of the end of the year, and they're mixing in the young guy with Isaiah Simmons
1: and
2: you know, they got a lot of nice pieces there in Arizona. Um, so, I mean, he's still available and he's a player that, I mean, I think he's 28 or 29. So, I mean, he's, he's still got some left and uh, somebody's going to get a good player with him. And then I have a guy I've always been a fan of, um, Ryan Kerrigan,
1: mm-hmm. as a,
2: as a, you know, he's just, uh, I've always just thought he was just a, just a really good pass rusher. He was just fantastic for Washington. Um, you know, that, that that Washington line is pretty good. So yeah, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. it's pretty good. It's uh, fantastic is what it is. And there wasn't a whole lot of uh, snaps for him had to be had there. So he only play, ended up playing 38% of the snaps, this of the defensive snap this year, which is a career low for him. Still had five and a half sacks. Uh, he's getting up there. I think he's 33, but, um, you know, he could go to a team and be a nice veteran presence for them and provide a nice spark off the edge, whether he's playing 50, 60% or rotational piece. um, He's, he's still, uh, he's still got something to give, I think. So um, anybody have any opinions on any of those guys so far?
0: Uh, I'm loving the Devondre Campbell. You know, he had that great year in Atlanta and then immediately in free agency, the Cardinals just went and snatched him up real quick. Yeah, and then you know they just happen to have Isaiah Simmons fall in their lap in the draft, right? Um, and so you bring in you know J.J. Watt. You still you know they got rid of a uh, Reddick, I think, right? Reddick, he yep. went to Carolina. Yep. So um, I don't know. I, maybe, I don't know. I, Arizona seems kind of set though, linebacker, right? Right. You, know, you think, uh, but he he has talent. He has the ability, and he's probably somebody uh, as an outside rusher who can play and also. Uh, I believe I believe he played end in, uh I could be wrong in Atlanta. Um but he's definitely uh definitely a talented player and look pass rushers and linebackers uh who play that dual role those are those are you know very hard to find and so I think he definitely has the talent definitely worth being on your roster um avery Williamson right you talked about Avery Williamson so yeah yep. Yep. yep uh I I'm a little concerned uh, like why didn't Pittsburgh keep him yeah. Do they just do they just have trust in their farm system for linebackers, which I feel like they have now. <laughs> you know, Pennsylvania, Penn State used to be linebacker U. Well, now yeah. the Steelers are linebacker, you know, Inc. Uh, for for uh, the NFL. Why didn't Why didn't the Steelers keep him? Did he want right. too much money? I don't know. Um, that's my only concern with him. He is a talented, very talented player. Right. And I, I'm with you with KJ, right? I, I wish he would take a hometown deal because I don't know if I can envision him in another jersey besides the Seahawks jersey. But, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying there.
1: Damn, Kyle, I made fun of you and your allergies, and all of a sudden I've started sneezing my darn head off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. Um, man, y'all are killing it. I don't even know how to follow up some of this. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan, love him. So valuable to Washington, not just as an on-the-field guy, because I know he's more in a limited role now, backup role, but that leadership role, teaching those young guys, I think that's so, so valuable for them. Um, I hope he finishes his career there. Now, with that said, I can't blame him if he wants to go somewhere else for a bigger role or more money, but uh, would love to see him stay in Washington. Devondre Campbell.
0: <laughs> uh, I get the feeling you're not sold on Devondre Campbell.
2: Yeah, he's got bitter beer face. I can't, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where to.
0: Yeah, I'll, admit, you, is,
1: I'll yeah. admit some of this has to do with Vic Beasley. The one year breakout comes to Tennessee. He steals our freaking money. Spending it on hot wings and hookers down in Atlanta, you know I get it. Um, in that order, by the way. In wings. that order, yes, yeah, absolutely. Hot wings
0: are no joke. No, I got you. Hey,
1: hey, if they're Nashville hot, then definitely oh. they're on top, baby. Have you? I know this is. I'm
0: sidetracking a bit here from oh, what you're. Go ahead. To say. Go ahead. But uh, have you ever had Prince's fried chicken? The uh, the hot uh, Nashville hot chicken. It's called Prince's Cafe. Oh it's, yes. You've had that before. I hear it's like super super hot. It's like on my bucket list of places to go travel when I go to
1: Nashville. It'll, it will light you up. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. It'll light you up, but it's so good. You can't get enough of it. You can't nice. get
0: enough of it. Nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah.
1: I don't know. I think Campbell, Campbell, Campbell is a much better player than Beasley was. I, I, we've talked about this at length on Beasley. He's just a bum. Campbell, I, I, I don't know. I just – I think it's there. The the potential's there. I think I have to see where he lands. Um, who signs him before I'm kind of willing to step out on that limb, or what have you. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think you guys like him a lot more than I do, and that's okay. You know, um, I just have my reservations about those. It almost feels like Atlanta. Knows they got one good season out of both of those guys and they're kind of moving on. Mm. Um, maybe he lands somewhere and does good. I, I'm just kind of on the fence with him. Like I said, it could be some of the Vic Beasley <laughs> blowback that I'm having right here, but uh,
0: right.
1: Avery Williams, I'm with both of you on Williamson. I loved him, loved him in Tennessee, hated that he left. Um, loved him with the Jets, hurt that. Hated it that he got there and left. Um went to Pittsburgh and I thought, man, you know, that's a great fit because Vince Williams was not the guy. Um, they do have the young stud uh Devin Bush who right. got hurt. And I thought, man, what a perfect fit for him to kind of mentor and teach that guy. Robert Spillane, though, he's he's the monkey wrench in this whole thing. I think mm-hmm. for some so. reason Pittsburgh kind of seems to like him.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't personally because I don't I think he's just a jag. He's just another guy. I, if it was if I were running Pittsburgh, I would have Devin Bush and Avery Williamson. Uh I just think that's where you go. Um very good linebacker. Hope he lands somewhere else. Um just kind of surprised they didn't choose to keep him. Um KG Wright. Um love that Kyle mentioned him. I think he's a super intelligent veteran at that second level where you need that that experience. He kind of gets overshadowed by Bobby Wagner a lot in Seattle. Kyle mentioned it, you know, I'm not giving you a hometown discount. You're going to pay up or I'm going somewhere else. Um that's basically what it comes down to. Uh But how do you replace a, a perennial 100 plus tackle or tackle Guy per season, Uh, and he's above average in in coverage, so he's not hurting you there either. Um, I think if somebody throws the money at him, I still like him, uh, you know, especially as a redaft option. Um, Mm -hmm. We spoke about Atlanta Terrell Adams, a one year wonder guy, kind of think so, but it's a great one year prove it option. For some team, a la Buffalo, you know, if they, hey, we'll give you a one year deal. You come in here. I think it works out for both of them. Um, I kind of like that. Uh, two that I have that y'all didn't mention is defensive tackle Geno Atkins. Um, you know, they moved on from Carlos Dunlap. Um, now it seems they're moving on from Geno Atkins. He's been one of the more premier interior defensive lineman for the past shit, what, six, seven, eight years at least? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been in that range. Uh, They just haven't had a whole lot around him and Dunlop. Um, I almost kind of wanted to see Tennessee pick him up, uh, but they picked up Denitio Autry, which I thought was huge. So, I think a team like Tennessee Mm -hmm. that could use that interior defender I think you go all in on Atkins right now. I think oh, he yeah. has another good year or two left, and he could be a, I think he can be a championship piece for you. Um, Dallas, you know, if you, which I know they don't have the cap room, that's one thing, but if you're serious about pushing, you know, that would be a good, great landing spot. Um, I just think somebody that needs that interior pass rush, they need to go after him.
0: Look, there, there are many things we can point to on Cincinnati that we can say is the problem that they haven't been successful. Gino Atkins was not one of them. Exactly. I, yep. Probably yep. the most stable defensive tackle you could find right. in all of football. Uh, I, I, yeah, that's a very good call there for like a one- or two-year fix or something. It's um, kind of a and- shame
1: that they're just now getting Joe Burrow which could potentially be changing that offense with Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, you know, right? it's almost like it's fi- – it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but to me it almost feels like it's fixing the flop. Defense kind of was their calling card for a little bit, so to speak. Right. Now it's fixing to go over to that offense. Now they still have Jesse Bates and Von Bell, but I right. think that's <clears> – <throat> You know Logan Wilson, Keen Davis, gaither those guys, but I kind of feel like it's flopping. So we'll see. Well, they got they got Hendrickson too now in free agency. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah,
0: they did. So they're, they're Cincinnati's making moves. I, I think people they're kind of flying under the radar here, but you know they're talking about the the additions or the subtractions. Like Lawson's gone. Yeah. Um, they're a uh, little bit young. Yeah, thank you. That's where I that was where going with that. Yeah. Young. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I like what with
1: their youth, I think you're just going to have to be patient with them. Um, and then my last one, Kenny Vaccaro, strong safety. Man, I hated to see yeah. that Tennessee moved on from him. And I think had this cap number hadn't dropped, there's no way he gets out of Tennessee. Such a perfect fit with Kevin Byard. Um, Such a perfect fit for our defense. Um but this, you know, he was just a cat casualty. And not because Tennessee couldn't afford to pay him, it was just because league wide, we talked about it earlier, this big 17-18 million dollar drop, this is a perfect example of a move that never happens if this cat stays where it's at. This he doesn't get out of Tennessee. They I know they signed him to a one-year deal last year, but he doesn't leave if this cat doesn't drop. Um with that said, it kind of helped that you had Imani Hooker, a guy that they drafted, that they like, has played really well. It kind of helps that you have him sitting in the wings when he get, when he had his moments. He shined. Um, so I really get that. And I'm a huge Amani Hooker fan. Uh, you're looking for kind of a sleeper next Bilo guy. I would suggest go and get him because Teams secondary. are gonna teams are gonna stay away from Kevin Bayard. I mean, he led the league in interceptions. He's always among the top. They are gonna stay away from Kevin Bayard. So I think that second safety, that's where it's at. And then you consider that Tennessee's secondary is trash right now. It is trash outside of Kevin Bayard. So I, I think Amani Hooker could be in for a big, big breakout season fantasy wise. Um Vicaro. Getting back to him, I kind of sidetracked there. Um, if you need a safety, you got you gotta go after him. You can get him cheap right now. I think he's a he's a one year deal guy. I mean, let's face it, he's gonna sign somewhere for a year and say, you know what, you're gonna get me this year. Right. But I'm gonna ball out and I'm gonna I'm gonna get that big payday next year, probably two, three year deal. Um man, I, it's just and I he got he got was held likely. out many games.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, he has his sixty hey, again, he has the numbers that you you want, right? You want to get the guy that has the good solo to assist, especially for a strong safety. You know, you want the guy who can get to the ball, he has a probable recovery, he has, you know, maybe not the greatest pass coverage guy with only five passes defense, but uh you know, he, he is what he is. He's a thumper. Yep. And he does it well. Yep. And, uh, you know, let's go back a couple. I'm pulling up his stats right now. Let's go back. You know, he's a, t- he's
1: a tone setter too. High football yeah. IQ. I mean, he's smart. I mean, he's not a liability back there. You know, he can cover, he can come down in the box. Um, just kind of a jack of all trades. So I'm really, I, I'll tell you, I'm really surprised that Tennessee let him go. And I think the only reason they let him go. Yeah. It had nothing to do with price tag. I think it's because they knew they had a Monty Hooker back there and he was a Mm. much cheaper option. That's why they let him go.
0: So fun fact, uh, Vaccaro had 62 tackles solo on the season. The last time he had 60 was his rookie year. The guy is like playing rejuvenated football. Yep. Uh, Why wouldn't you want to go grab this guy if he's available and lands in the right situation?
2: That's a good call. I like the Vaccaro call for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I really, you know, we lost a lot of pieces on Tennessee, Johnu, and Corey Davis, and and stuff like that. But if I think we're going to miss Vacaro, the,
0: the veteran that, leadership.
1: Yeah, not that Hooker can't play that role because I think maybe Hooker's a little more talented. Right. But he's going to have to catch up with that leadership, that knowledge, that that tone setting presence. So totally. Whew. Good stuff, guys. Man, Jorge, we gotta have you on more often, my man.
0: <laughs> shoot you, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, no, I, I, it's been a pleasure. Um, uh, it's great talking shop. Like like I said earlier, you know, with doing a lot of the behind the scenes things, it's very rare that I'm able to get out. And so when you uh, you had mentioned, hey, come on the pod, I'm like, yes, get me. I need to talk some IVP. <laughs> I need to talk <laughs> some yep. football. And, and and it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. It's such a great community. First and foremost, uh, you know, meeting everybody, getting Kyle. I think this is the first time you and I have interacted. Yeah, um, you know, uh, and and we all know who we. Shame all know. on
1: you, Kyle. You should know who Jorge
2: is. <laughs> I know. <don't, laughs> I'm not on Twitter very much, so sometimes you know. <laughs> not,
0: no, offense taken. Don't worry about it. Um, no, but it, it's it's fun. It's fun. You guys are fantastic. You guys got a great show. Uh, you know, you, you really put out the information there. You cover things. From not just an IDP standpoint, but from like a football standpoint, you make it like you make it easy to follow like where where the ebbs and flows are when it comes to defense. Um, And it really helps a fantasy manager really get a better understanding of like not just a player, not just the stats they put out, but how they fit into a situation. I think you guys do a fantastic job and being able to be on this show with you has been uh, has been an honor. So thank you very much for inviting me.
1: Well, thank you. I think that's yeah, Kyle will agree. I think just it's almost best if you just talk football. You know, don't try to get fancy. Don't try to get too cute. Just, just talk about you know me and Kyle's in a bunch of leagues together. So, we're, so we're me and Dan, and that's kind of what me and Dan tried to keep too. You know, just talk about what we would talk about amongst each other in our leagues or what our fellow league mates are talking about because at the end of the day that's why they're tuning into this they want to know what we're saying what do we feel about this player whether we agree or whether we disagree that's you know they want these conversations Um, Jorge you don't have to ask man open invitation anytime you feel the need to chat talk say hey man I got to get something off my chest and we'll put you in here dude
0: Thank you. I'd love to have you guys uh, on our pod as well. Sure. Uh, You tell me
1: when, I'll be there. Love it.
0: Love it. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it.
1: Um, Yeah, we've covered, man, we covered a lot tonight. Uh, You would think after three or four weeks of free agency, Kyle, we'd have this down path. (laughs) uh, I mean, it just shows you it's it's a never-ending cycle. The NFL, their dominance. I mean, March Madness is going crazy right now and NFL still says, you know what? Hold my beer. I got this. You know, it's a monster that I don't know that I've seen in anything. It it almost reminds me the NFL reminds me of Walmart. (laughs) You know, they got the monopoly on every freaking thing. They got everything you want. They got everything you need. And people can't get enough of it, you Hmm. know? They got high-end stuff, low-end stuff. I mean, you laugh, but you think about it. It, They monopolize the sports Mm -hmm. market, and they've done it so well and just toned in on it. You know, it's like every little thing they do, they take it to the nth degree, the NFL draft. It's like the NFL draft has become its own monster separate from the NFL. Round one,
0: even you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's like yeah. going to like a movie, you know? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, it's got its own night at its own time. And, yeah. and Daryl, I, I wasn't laughing at your analogy, I was, yeah, you was. I wasn't laughing because I don't I didn't know where the hell you were gonna go with it. I, that's sort of my favorite thing with your analogies is I never know what to expect.
1: Well, you know, if you go back and ask uh Dan and uh, Eric Arif, who does the <laughs> P Ground with me. One Of my favorite sayings, and both of them still laugh to this day, is I was comparing a player,
0: yeah. uh,
1: Brian that Bricey for Clemson, defensive tackle, freshman, and I made the comment, It's like an elephant playing among cats, and it just freaking freaked him out of my to hell. And back.
0: That, that is all aw- I have to use that. I'm sorry, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah, like an it's elephant like, playing amongst cats. I love it, it's one of my favorites. I'm quoting that. I'm going to put that. I'm going to have somebody put that in an article, and I'm going to quote that.
1: Uh, You go right (laughs) ahead. Uh, But they still give me shit about that. But, yeah, I mean, it's a good one, one,
0: though.
2: One of my favorites.
1: I mean, the NFL is just so dominant. So, you know, the draft. It's even – we're talking about it right now. What did we do for the last three to four weeks? Free agency has become its own monster. Right now. Forget the season. You've got the draft season. You've got free agency. You've got the NFL season. You've got the playoff. It, the NFL is taking every little thing, every little crook, cranny, everything they got, and they're like, you know, what? we're going to monopolize this and we're going to turn it into the next Godzilla or King Kong. And right. you know, it, the NBA and MLB and hockey and college college football is probably second mm. because that's. That's a different animal, but the rest of these sports, they can't compete with what the NFL is doing. They just
0: can't. You're absolutely right. I agree. Totally agree.
1: So, man, we got a lot going on here. Um, Jorge, tell them where they can find you. Uh, Sure. If you want to tell them again what you're doing, what
0: you got coming up. Um, Sure. Uh, Thank you. Uh, So, uh, I'm Jorge B. Edwards. You can find me at Jorge B. Edwards. On Twitter. Although Don't rather, mistake
1: him for his twin, Kyle Belfure, I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um But I, I'd rather you much uh, rather follow uh, Fantasy in Frames uh, over on Twitter as well as head over to fantasyinframes.com, read all of our Dynasty Redraft IDP content. we got rankings galore. we got articles coming out. Uh, we have not one fantasy football podcast. We have two. One's called Fourth in Frames, which is you could say for more of the uh, – intermediate to advanced level of fantasy football player. Then we got one coming out called the four-eyed basics, which is kind of like the bridge between like beginners to intermediate level fans. Uh, you know, we also dabble in fantasy baseball, relief pitching. So if that's your thing, we got a podcast called perfectly framed uh, right now. I'm doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but as we get closer to, uh, you know, redraft season and the articles start pumping out more and more and more, uh, I'll be more involved in that. But um, Hollywood, Kyle, like I, I've had a great time, great time meeting, uh, Kyle, Hollywood, you and I, we've been talking for months. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a pleasure being on here with you guys and getting to know you guys. And I can't wait to get you guys on our pod as well. Awesome, man. No, no awesome. thank you for coming, on. You for
1: coming uh, on. I know you like all my heavy metal crazy stuff that I post from time to time on Twitter. So
0: yes, sir. Uh,
1: and I won't forget you on the uh, music podcast that I'm working on. I will <laughs> nice. definitely tag you on that. You too, Kyle. Um, Kyle, tell them where they can find you. What you're doing? What you're screwing up?
2: Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, um, you can uh, find me on Twitter at um, kbell54. Um, all my writing and uh, rankings are over at IDP Guys with uh, Daryl and yeah. all the all the staff we have there. Some really great people. Um, yeah, then you can find me here because Daryl lets me hang out with them.
1: Yeah, I do, I do <laughs> let you hang out with me. And i tell you, those top 500 rankings that we work on, those are mothers, man. That's yeah, uh, brutal.
0: It just <laughs> says hard, that's hard to say, top 500. <laughs> that, that, that hurts my mouth just saying that. You guys do yeah. amazing work over at IDP, guys.
1: Yeah, oh, thank thanks.
0: you. And, and you
1: do as well. I wish you would put more out as far as for yourself because, man, you're super intelligent. <laughs> love to have you on, man. Yeah. Um, Shoot, we do so much. I, I don't even know where to begin. I You can find me anywhere. Twitter, at Hollywood Titan. You can find me on Reddit, King Titan one on the IDP sub, the Debbie IDP sub. Uh, Facebook, Any Given Sunday. You can find me at idpguys.org. Um, do all kinds of rankings. Debbie rankings, top 100 Debbie rankings, I do. Uh, the top 500 mixed rankings that Kyle does. We both write. Kyle does some great stuff, by the way. I know we give him a hard time, but Kyle freaking kills it on those Thanks, articles, buddy. man. Um, <laughs> Thanks,
2: buddy.
1: Oh, that. almost forgot. We're almost done with the profiles, Kyle, for the, yeah. Davey, the IDP Debbie magazines, the rookie magazines. There's an offensive defense. We're yeah. almost done. Um, we're just kind of waiting on some landing spot stuff and some some combine or well pro day stuff figures yep. but man we have kicked ass this year on this thing if you thought last year's was good it don't hold a candle to this year's uh go check that out pre-orders are up go go get it now um a lot of good people me Kyle Dan Eric Dingus yep. Joey, uh, Joey Todd. Sean Todd yeah. you name it um yeah. so many good uh writers have joined in to do this and it is going to be something special. Um,
2: thank before, before we go here, I just want to say thanks for joining us, Jorge. And uh, it, was, it was great meeting you, man. This was a blast.
0: Likewise. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate Absolutely. it.
2: And like I said, you don't have to ask. Just say, hey, man, I need to talk. <laughs> yeah. And,
0: and yeah. you got
1: an
2: open spot here, r- man. Fill r- those thoughts out, man. Let's
0: do yeah, it
1: we'll get you on for sure. Um, like I said, we're, we've got all kinds of things. We're working on be sure to check those out. Thank our sponsors, my fantasy league, action 24-7 sports. Don't forget, starting next week, we're switching over to Anchor instead of Podbean. So uh we'll still be on all your formats, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, all those good stuff, Apple, iTunes, all that. It's just we're switching formats that puts it out there for us. So don't be alarmed. Uh, but let everybody know, check that out. Um patreon we usually do a patreon after uh kyle's feeling he's in the seat so you know we're gonna have to shift gears and uh do that thursday hopefully jorge you'll be with us thursday yes sir absolutely yeah we'll be rocking and rolling thursday night we'll get out a new patreon um sorry if we haven't done one in the last few weeks or so but unfortunately with dan leaving we've had to change over keys and stuff like that and getting set up and doing some stuff so we've kind of we're kind of behind so we we'll, we'll make it up me and Kyle will we'll catch it up but uh, good stuff lots of great news man I mean lots yeah. of great insight i love i love the different views you know i like to put mine out there but i like to put mine out there to see what Kyle thinks about it to see what Jorge thinks about it, to see what everybody thinks about it. Cause I think me and Dan's talked about it for four years. You know, if, if we always agreed, nobody would listen, you know? So I think the difference of opinions, uh, the different insights, the different outlooks that, you know, Jorge, you brought up a lot of stuff tonight that I just was not thinking. I mean, I agreed with you, but it just, did not hit my head. So uh thank you for that, man. You're welcome on anytime. Kyle does great stuff. Check out Kyle's stuff. Um, anything else from you guys?
0: No, thank thanks for thank you folks for watching and listening. Uh yeah, <laughs> hey,
1: yeah,
2: <Absolutely>. yep.
1: <laughs> this will drop on YouTube here in a few days and I don't know who was just talking. I don't know if it's Kyle, if it's Horay. They're twinning right now,
2: and I, I, I just can't with this.
1: I can't with this. So, thanks for listening. Please uh, follow us over to uh, Anchor, and uh, we shall see you Thursday with a Patreon. Because you know what, we love our Patreons. You know, they're the they're the, they're like the cool kids of the class. You know, they get all the insights. They get to hear all the funny shit that I do. Um, well, they're just good people, you know.
0: <laughs> own sure. are
1: good people, yeah. So, be sure to check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know where it's going with that. But if y'all have uh, nothing else, I think this will be a wrap. All, all right,
2: right, all right. Uh, tighten up, See you, everybody. Go Pat, go.
1: No,
0: everybody.
1: Kyle. No, Kyle. No, <laughs> nobody's going. Go Pat, go. Kyle. No, <laughs> nobody. <laughs>